Welcome to the Reframing Eye Care Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Maria Sampalis. Today, I have Dr. Kimberly Rousey. She is Young Optometrist of the Year in Connecticut, and it's such an honor to have you on the podcast as you inspire young ODs to make a difference in optometry. So welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, Kim uh, graduated in 2018 from MCPHS and then got an MBA in uh, 2022. And, you know, I connected with her on uh, Instagram and she won a Young OD of the Year Award. So I wanted to feature her on the show. Um, Young females make a difference and um, get to know you a little bit and maybe inspire other female ODs to do more in the industry, join the AOA and, and just make a difference. So welcome. Yes, I love the girl power. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, where you work, how you got involved with AOA, how you got involved uh, in Connecticut Association as well. Yeah, so I uh, live and work in Connecticut, born and raised here, stayed local, went to school in Massachusetts and came back. Um, in terms of the CAO, um, my grandfather was actually an optometrist and he was very into the CAO as well. So I was kind of raised with those values of, you know, supporting your association. That's how you get things through legislature. That's how you network. That's how you further your career through them. Um, so I kind of started right when I was out of school being a member. Um, not always super involved at the beginning because you're young and broke and can't really do much else. Um, but as time went on, just going to the dinners, networking, it's just a great way to be involved with everything with that way. Um, I've met a lot of great people, great networking, great colleagues, people to ask questions to. It's just a great um, way to stay involved, I think. Yeah, AOA is very involved. It's you should be, Every doctor should be involved depending on um, you know, any um, career path that they're in or any stage in their career. So I think it's very important. What yeah. inspired you to become an optometrist? Yeah, so mostly um, back to the point of my grandfather being an optometrist. Um, there's like a running joke in our family that we were raised in like the third exam room of the office, like babysat back there and everything. Um, my mom's in healthcare. I care as well. She's not Titian. Um, so I grew up with a lot of eyeball talk at the dinner tables and family events and stuff like that. So, um, just kind of happened out that I also liked it and, you know, wanted to be a doctor without anything bloody and crazy. So it all just kind of worked out that I got to follow in his footsteps and I'm very honored for that. Yeah. My, you know, my kids are little, they're nine and 11. I would love them to be an optometrist. I still think it's a great profession. Um, they hear about all that, you know, you know, eyeglass talk, eye, eyewear talk, uh, industry yeah, yeah. gossip. They hear about it and they know a lot oh, about yeah. it. So all the drama too. I'm sure. <laughs> it's in the drama. Yeah. But I, it's in their blood. I hope that, you know, they want to do that. It would love, I would love to do that. It's one of the things that yeah. I hope that would like to, to be my sidekick or, and then, you know, I'd be their sidekick as they take over uh, exactly. over the years. Yeah, foster the next generation. <laughs> what, tell us about, you know, your journey, where you work, if you volunteered, how you give back to optometry? Yeah, um, in terms of where I work right now, I work um, kind of a patchwork, three part-time jobs. Um, I started out working at one full-time job um, and kind of just realized I wanted to learn more and experience more. So I work at two private practices and then I work part-time at a corporate, my eye doctor as well. Um, It's been great to see the different modalities, see the different management styles, you know, what works for one office, what doesn't work for the other, how some people are more efficient and some are not. So it's always about learning more. So I love that. Um, in terms of giving back, I have been on two VOSH missions. 
um, most recently this past January to Nicaragua with Flash Connecticut. And then I went in 2017 with Flash Connecticut as well. Um, and I think every doctor should go on at least one mission trip, just, you know, see how the other people in the world live and kind of how good you can do for people and the, how you can give back is just amazing and very, very humbling. So yes, I, I, I agree. I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you you give so much, but you get so much from those experiences, exactly. right? Yeah. I mean, we're you so grateful. Are, like the most grateful, like every like the yes. day to day mundane people complaining about contact lens prices. It, it it all goes away once you you know give somebody a first pair of glasses down there. It's great. That's correct. Um, tell us about your like you know I know you work in different offices. You worked in in corporate as well, which has been a mm -hmm. focus of mine over the years. Yeah. Tell us about your schedule and tell us why, you know, working different offices works well for you. I know you learn a lot. I've done the same, same thing over the years. Yeah. Um, you know, some doctors just want that full time. And, but also tell us a little bit about, you know, a corporate, I know they're not all the same, but how, you know, you still practice medical and, yep. and, and you're able to practice your full scope in Connecticut. Yeah. Connecticut's a great state. Um, there's full scope optometry, orals, glaucoma, everything. Um, in terms of the different Patrick schedule, like I mentioned before, it's just a great way to see everything. Um, I like it because, you know, the corporate is a little bit more like glasses and contacts based, but there's definitely a good mix of medical in there as well. So you, you see a little bit of everything. The corporate office I work in is a little bit more like upscale neighborhood. So you get that kind of clientele. And the private practice I work in is very um, Medicaid based. So you get a lot of disease, a lot of everything else there. Um, so when I was full-time, I was at the Medicaid based office and it was, you know, a little overwhelming. So that's why I kind of like split my days up between everything and it's just a way to see something else. And you don't really know what you want until you get to experience how other offices are. And if you're going to go into ownership or leadership down the line, it's good to be able to pull from all different experiences. There you go. Leading by example. You know, I just did a podcast on that and I think your mindset is, 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 is open. It's, it's a great growth mindset that you have yeah. to work in different offices to, to see what works, what doesn't mm -hmm. not just get complacent, right. Of, of what someone told you in the past, what works because a lot of these corporations, you can learn some business things and you, you know, you got that MBA in healthcare. Tell us yeah. about that. And when you, how you did it right away, right after school. Cause a lot of optometrists know we need it in a sense, but yeah. do it after the fact. Yeah, um, I started my MBA right after I graduated optometry school. Um, it was actually offered by the same school, so MCPHS. Um, I got my MBA through them in healthcare management. Um, they had this grant program where if you start right after optometry school, um, they cover it. So I said yes. Um, it was funny because at first I was like, cool, I'm in the school mentality. I got this, more classes, more essays. As the four years went on, you know, it gets a little annoying working full time and coming home to do an essay or do homework over your lunch break or anything like that. But um, it was a great networking program because it wasn't just optometry. It was anybody healthcare. So the classes were split between nurses and pharmacists and um, PAs and kind of every different aspect there. So it was really interesting because there was a lot of classes on management and, you know, different styles and healthcare-based, hospital-based. It was a good way to kind of learn a little bit of everything. And I don't know everything, but at least I know more than I did before. 
That's right. You don't. So that's a good thing. So again, it's that mindset. I talk to a lot of people. If you, you're still learning, like I, I, I've been out maybe 16 years now. I'm still learning yeah. things, right? Oh, 100%. And business changing, and it's all it's always changing. If once you stop learning, you stop growing. Oh and yeah. I think there's always something it's, to learn. It's that important. Now, do you feel like that MBA that you got is 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 helpful for? In your private, if you wanted to purchase a private practice, if you wanted a leadership position, I know my eye doctor has been promoting a lot of doctors for leadership positions and things like that. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that. And also maybe some advice for young female ODs, because um, mm-hmm. I have noticed there has been a leadership gap for females in the industry. So you're taking the initiative. You have that extra education now. How can you apply it if that's something you want to do? Yeah, um, still figuring that out. <laughs> um, it's still pretty recent. Um, but my... I. I kind of know for myself personally, I don't really want to do patient care five days a week forever. So I would love to get into something else, leadership or ownership or administration or something. Um, so having an MBA just definitely opens more doors and, you know, makes your resume look better. <laughs> Cat saying hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, I, that's kind of the main reason I did it. Um, like I said, the MBA wasn't just optometry focused, so it was a little bit of everything. So you can kind of take bits and pieces of it and kind of apply it there. But I'm hoping that within the next couple of years, you know, take that next step somewhere. I'm not quite ready now. I need to save up some more money before I buy into anything or do anything, but we'll get there eventually. Well, you get there, you have to take the steps just to get there. Where, where do you see yourself like in, in 10 years? I always I always ask docs, you got to know what your goals are, where you want to go in order, yeah. order to, to make it there, right? So I have goals that I want to set for myself. Maybe it's small goals, month, year, and where right. I want to be in 10 years. Obviously I'm in the mid of my career at the beginning. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that and what you think, what where you see yourself. Yeah. So like I just mentioned down the line, um, I love patient care, but I don't want that to be my end all be all. I know I'm going to be one of those people that gets burnt out from it. Um, so I would like to switch things up, either get in an ownership role, get in a partnership, and then, you know, have some admin days, learn a lot more about payroll management, staffing, everything else. Um, and make it so that it's a little bit more like work-life balance where you have some things to focus on business-wise and some things to focus on patient care-wise so you're not kind of burning yourself out in one or the other. Um, that's kind of my end-all be-all, but you know, life's a bumpy road, so we'll see if we get there. <laughs> you know, over the years, I've found that things that I wanted, I set goals for a planner is never really works out like that. If yeah. it's what's meant to be happens. And um, I do like the mix. I do my social media things. I do my job. Mm-hmm. It's an admin role. It's a business role. I like that. Exactly. Uh, but I also have pa- yeah. I see patients. But for me, I get bored. Like I, I have to mix it up, exactly. do something. Different. And I know that about myself. And I'm not the type of person that can just kind of just stay home and, and do not. I have to be this we have to be involved. I have to find a purpose um, yeah. Yeah. to to do something to, and then also to accomplish something and feel fulfilled, right? So I know that about myself and what I want, but I didn't know that 15 years ago. You don't you know, know until you're in the role, yeah. Don't know, and life changes and and, yeah. and things like that. So you know, exactly. right now I'm young, single with no kids, so I can focus on this. You know, down the line, maybe I'll want just the boring job where you go punch in and punch out and see patients and go home and not think about it. But right now, kind of want to, right now you have the ambition, you want to do it. Of course you do. And, and no, it's great because you come from, you know, optometry, uh, you know, eye care field people. And so you have that 
you have that advice, things that you can, you know, kind of bounce ideas off. And they kind of went through that over the years. Exactly. Um, so, so, so tell us for doctors that want to get involved with AOA, young ODs, tell us how they can get involved. I know they had a leadership program at one point and they can still do yeah. it each year to learn. Yeah. You know, I was, yeah, I was a part of the 2022 AOA Leadership Institute. Um, one of my colleagues and friends um, from the CAO nominated me for that. And that was great. It was a little, um, I don't know if it was a post COVID thing, but it was mostly online and virtual probably because everyone's across the country. Um, but there was an in-person meeting in Chicago last year that we all went to. And that was great. I think there was approximately a hundred or so people throughout the whole country that were in it. Um, so that's a great way to network as well. And back to a point you made earlier, there was actually a lot of females in there. So it was very awesome to see that, that they're all like kind of making that jump start to get um, more experience and, you know, all the networking to go a little bit further that way as well. Um, but in terms of getting involved, um, step one is just make sure you're paying your dues and getting on, you know, into the CAO or, or whatever association is in your state. And then going from there, go to the events, go to the Connecticut has like young OD events that they do mentoring and, you know, networking as well. And that's kind of where I started. I just met a few people and, you know, it goes from there. Of course. Yeah. And there's a lot of mentors within the AOA. So if you want to learn how to do legislative things, if you want to be on committees and help other ODs, uh, you know, become leaders, there's a lot of different things. And then if you, once you do that, at your level and you want national and you, there are positions nationally that doctors can join and be involved yes. and have a voice and give an opinion because a lot yeah. of the young ODs, we are, the young ODs are the future of optometry, right? So they want yeah. to give them information. They want to, you know, mentor them. They want to give them the tools so they can be the leaders of the future as they hand the torch over. Mm -hmm. And I've gone to some of those conferences and, and it's very empowering uh, the AOA oh, yeah. conferences and, and all the hard work that, you know, AOA does and all the volunteers. I mean, a lot of doctors do it because they're passionate about optometry. They want to see it succeed. Yeah. They know it's changed, but we've had so many advances there. Unfortunately, doctors will focus on some negative things that have happened, but there's been so many advances that the AOA <laughs> has done over the years. And, even and there's so much practice. behind the scenes work that nobody knows. And it's just, I don't even know the half of it, but it's, I'm, I'm very happy somebody else is putting their time in to do that because that's amazing. They do a lot of time. So I'm sure you've done some things in Connecticut. That's why you're young OD of the year. Um, that's why I wanted to highlight you. There's a lot of things people do behind the scenes for the AOA, for optometry in general as a profession through the yeah. AOA that they don't get the spotlight, the recognition, but they don't do that for that. They do it for the for optometry because they 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 know they want exactly. it to succeed. They want it to to continue because it's a great profession. Like you're that again, you're so second generation, right? Yeah. So I, I would love my kids to be a second generation. I think it is a great profession. Oh, um, great. But again, we have to fight for our profession. And if, if we're not going to fight for it, who will? Right. And that's a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. You know, you need to stand up for what you believe in and know what your future is and, you know, gotta know the steps to get there. Yeah. Tell us, uh, what are some words of advice for other young uh, female ODs or ODs in general? Yeah, um, young female in general, um, we're the future, I get that. <laughs> um, but in general, my biggest um, piece of advice would just be to network and you know keep all your contacts open, be active on LinkedIn or social media or whatever you have. And even with your you know contact lens reps, drug reps, office managers, anybody, that's, it's a 
you think it's such a big community, but it's actually a very small community. So if you are in with everybody and you know the right people and not saying, you know, you need to know people to get farther, but that's a lot of it is who, you know, and you know, who can help you and get along there. So there's just network essentially is all I'm going to say to that one. <laughs> that's correct. And just be yourself. I see, I talked to a lot of Dodie. They feel like they have to be a certain person. Just be yourself, you know, yeah. be your genuine self. No one, no one can copy that. No one can be that. Exactly. And, 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 and just, you know, for the opportunity to say yes. And, and there, you know, if you fail, you know, you make a mistake. Well, it's okay. There's another day. It happens. happens. It's, it's, it's happened to me over the years and, you know, you just, you just become exactly. a different person and, and, and everyone, you try. everyone goes through that. And, um, and that's kind of all it is. You, you, you have those people above you or, you know, more experienced than you to ask questions of. Um, my younger sister actually just graduated optometry school last year. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> family of optometry. Yeah, there you go. Very much. Hey, where does she practice in Connecticut? Yeah, she works at the same office I do. She works part time as well. So we kind of each work half a half a full time schedule there. Um, you guys work the same days? No, we kind of split our days. Uh, we have some oh, okay. days that overlap once in a while, which is awesome because then all the patients get confused. But <laughs> um, but yeah, she's a uh, it's funny because she's that she texts me all the time like questions about cases and everything and that's when it hit me where i'm like oh my god i have been out a couple of years and i'm the one that she, people are coming to me with questions now like that's correct yeah like, so you become that person after where i you I know I I I grad for a while and i'm like i guess i have to drop that but <laughs> no but it's um, nice that so your family is invested in optometry right you have your sister yeah. is optometrist and, yep. and your family knows it's it's a great profession. That's why they they, they would recommend you going into it um, because there are unfortunately a lot of naysayers about optometry's future. And yeah. I, I think optometry's future is bright. I think it's changing, it's evolving. And, yeah. you know, it, maybe it is a little harder uh, because of online sales and things like that now, but we evolve, we innovate, we change, exactly. right? And those that don't will stay behind, unfortunately. You still need medical eye care. You can't get that online. I mean, you probably can, but it won't be as good. <laughs> um, <laughs> But there's always going to be going to be a place for it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, congratulations on uh, Young OD of the Year in Connecticut. It is an honor to have you on. Yeah, I'm very and honored. I was very shocked and very happy. <laughs> <laughs> young females, um, you know, making a difference in our profession because you know the young females again are 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 the future of of our profession. Hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you so Thanks much for having me on. No problem.